monsters. <laughs> Are you ready? This is, uh, this is this is the beginning. The nerves. Oh no. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is exciting. This is exciting. Well, who are we? What is this? Who, what are we? Who are we? Who are we? Where am I? What year is it? So we are murders, horror, monsters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I am Ash. I am Skloon. Our little Skloon bean. This is the start of our journey together, and I'm I'm too excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> just just a little nervous, but I am excited. Oh my gosh. Well, this is also the first time that the both of us, like, we we are avid streamers. You know, we stream part-time slash full-time, but mm-hmm. it's a whole it's a whole different thing when uh, you're talking to people, you're playing a game, you have something to distract you from the fact that you're, like, live. And it's a whole other thing to actually sit down and, like, do a recording. Yes way harder to talk just talk without doing anything than is to do stuff and talk right especially for the fact that like you don't want to make any mistakes (laughs) because you're like oh well it's it's recorded and if it's not recorded we have to stop and like go back over or edit it out and this is a whole thing for the both of us yes it's a whole new bag of potatoes we're jumping into a bag of potatoes <laughs> what? Not old potatoes these are some new potatoes what are you from idaho where that's all they do and they're like oh well these buds are are sprinking new <laughs> brand new potatoes banana potatoes so school and i met almost a year ago but we truly didn't get like close until just a few months ago i don't know how it started but like we both kind of were like oh you like you like true crime you like cryptids you like (gasps) and a beautiful friendship was born truly it's it's very interesting how uh we each kept bringing up something we liked and the other was like (gasps) i also (laughs) like this thing Just just instant, like, starry eyes, hearts in the air, <laughs> breath stolen. I think it was first Mothman. Um, yes. I think, I think he was the uh, fire starter, if you will, like in chats and everything. But mm. uh, I think it wasn't until, like, August, like July, August time, where, like, I'm going to be Mothman for Halloween. And... It was just like, oh, yes. And, and we just kind of went down our our rabbit hole. We started doing true crime weekends, like watch parties. I just had the, the idea of like, hey, I love this, uh, this topic. Uh, you love this topic. We both love things that go bump in the night. And uh, yeah. 
now we're both very anxious and <laughs> yes. not not sure what to do. So but it's okay because I uh I think I can speak for both of us when I say I cher- we cherish our uh crime times mm-hmm. in our little talks we have throughout the movie. So I mean we're gonna do that anyway. So it'll be easy peasy. We'll get into the oh. swing. And it's so much fun. It's so much fun. When like you're watching uh, um, a show. So for for example, we are currently in the middle of the Staircase documentary on Netflix. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've actually never heard of the Staircase murder uh, until this documentary. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's crazy. I had heard of it off of a few podcasts and... Um, I knew some things, but like, it was just like, you don't really know what people are going through. So like, we're watching it and there are certain parts where I'm just like, how dumb are these people? And we just laugh because there are things that are happening. Like the jury went on a tour of the crime scene, like eight months after the fact. And we both were like, what? And just just making jokes about it. I mean, we never want to ever make jokes about the victims. Like, they... Oh, no, no, of course not. Yeah, they were never supposed to be taken from here that early. But the things that people do after the fact is both a mix of traumatizing and funny because you're like, isn't the common sense thing to not do that? Yes, it's almost baffling how they handle yeah. some of the stuff. It's just, <laughs> I just don't understand half the things. And, like, we watched um, the Zac Efron uh, movie of the Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile uh, that oh, came out uh, from the Sundance films. And then it became, like, an actual, like, Netflix movie. And there was a part where the bailiff was flirting with a girl who was pretty much the profile victim of Ted Bundy. And he just completely, like, he didn't watch Bundy. He didn't do anything. And Bundy was able to just jump out of a two-story building. And I was (laughs) blown away by the stupidity of it. And I was like, why would you, why would you let a murderer out of your sight? So just, just the watch parties are so much fun. Um, we definitely are going to continue them, obviously, because this podcast is going to be true crime stories, cryptid stories, and reviews of the documentaries and shows that we watch. So it's just going to be a mix of everything. Overall, horrible things. <laughs> yes. Incredible, horrible stories. Yes. Besides that, anything anything new in your life? Anything Fun and happening. Well, uh, commissions are a thing. I'm closing my first batch, finally. Opening them up for second batch, which is already full. And my third batch is already queued full. So, Oh my god. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So busy. Oh, but this means soon you get your laptop, your your PC. Mm-hmm. As soon as I, I believe, get um, my Twitch payout, I will have it. So I'm very excited. It's coming soon. <laughs> oh, and then we get to play Phasmophobia together and scare the pants out of each other. 
among the ghosts. Yes, we oh do. God. Ghosty ghosts. Before we even pressed record, we were talking about a haunted doll and everything. And I don't understand why people would want to invite certain things into their life and into their household. I am a firm believer that there is something out there. And you know what? I'm just not gonna... I'm not going to involve myself. If you just if you don't want to hurt me, that's cool. You do your thing. I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to tell you no. Uh <laughs> but I'm not going to purchase a a haunted doll off of eBay on the assumption that it's going to be a nice kindred spirit. Just No, no, no. It is very tricky with those types of things because even though uh you think it could be, it's there's a possibility it could. And you can't tell until it's too late. Or, like, what if they're like, yeah, it's a nice kindred spirit, but they don't realize that it's only nice to, like, a certain age. Like, they like children. Like, if it's a a young girl haunting a doll, they like kids. You know, they have an affinity to women, you know, because they're both girls. Uh, But they hate men. So as soon as, like, her dad walks in or her partner, boom, the doll starts, like, throwing paper at him. You know? Like, I don't. (laughs) You never know. Uh, life is too short to care about what what you're doing as long as you're just having a good time good time if you're not having a good time what's the point you know what's the point as long as you're not hurting other people have a good time yeah because obviously you know that that quote high that uh the killers get oof true (laughs) (laughs) just the first time I laid eyes. No, thank you. We don't want that. We want we want the good stuff. The the yeah. good high. Uh, like the pumpkin teas that I've been sipping on. I don't know if you're a tea person, Skloon. Oh, but this I'm very is, much a tea person. Oh, this is delightful. This company, I'll send you the link for it later, but this company is amazing. They... Uh, my friend got me these for Christmas. Um, it's a pumpkin tea variety pack. So it came with like six teas and they're all pumpkin flavored. Ooh. But, uh, the pumpkin chai, uh, monster mash, like they're just, they're so fresh and like light and I just, I enjoy them. So I highly recommend them. I'll send you, I'll send you the link. Um. Please. Yes. I love tea. I know I've been drinking a lot of um, peach teas. I got a box Ooh. of like a peach tea. I have some mint ones I have to try out that I just got. Ooh, I have like um, 30 teas. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's, I understand like getting new ones and being like, oh, I'll try this out. And then you just get too <laughs> yeah. excited about other stuff. You just start hoarding them, and you're like, "Oh no!" Oh my god! Oh gosh, maybe, it's hard to decide. Maybe we should, uh, while we do our little chit chatty, uh, before we get into the the juicy meat of our podcast sandwich, uh, maybe we should have it like tea time, where we both have a tea. Ooh, yeah. Tea that way, we can for sure get you through that tea mound that you've got going on over there, then. Oh yes, please. I need. Your- <laughs> I, I need to push. <laughs> Just all right. I like I like to buy more, so I need to go through the ones I have. 
Uh, you'll definitely order a lot from the company that I'm going to tell you. Um, it's just, it, they're called David's Tea or David's Teas. Um, it's a Canadian company and they sell both loose leaf and um, the packaged ones. So like the tea bags. So I'll send you like the direct link, but not sponsored. Yes. Obviously this is episode one. This isn't going to be anything. <laughs> um, but they're delicious. They even have ones for colds so if you're feeling sick you can oh. drink mm-hmm. and it's supposed to like knock out that cold yeah like they've got specific ones so highly recommend name obviously is murder horror and monsters i'm actually really excited to hear your story so you ready to get into it oh should i go first i would love if you went first okay okay yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, so since I thought it would fit um today's theme about like uh what your story involves and such, mm-hmm. um, I would like to take a look at uh, a cryptid called the doppelganger. <gasps> I make a joke that one of my friends, as you also know, our mutual friend, is my doppelganger. So to actually find out a little bit more about the actual cryptid. Doppelganger. Yes. I'm super excited. Yes. Okay. It's very interesting how it's portrayed in media versus how it actually is. Like, you know, in media, it's like an evil twin or like someone who looks like you or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the, the actual one is a little bit more uh, sinister as they tend to be. <laughs> oh, go on. So doppelganger means double walker. It originates from Germany, but sightings um, of this cryptid are all throughout the world. There are many, many stories of doppelgangers, many um, stories that are portrayed in media, in posts online, all that type of stuff. Um, they are known to impersonate a living person in an almost an exact copy. They plant negative and confusing thoughts in the person's head or in other people's heads, and they tend to signify um, an impending doom of the person they are copying. Is it always yourself that they're copying or someone else that you know? So here's the thing. It chooses a target and it copies that person. Um, Other people can see that copy. Often, if you see your own copy, it means the end of your life is near. Oh, so what you're saying is is I should never meet our friend. No, no, no. Don't don't ever meet yourself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> great very bad thing <laughs> very bad thing so there is a thing also a thing called the doppelganger phenomenon which has to do with your brain so there could be tumors or something wrong with a section of your brain that you have an almost out-of-body experience and that's a whole different thing but it is also included with doppelganger type stuff hmm. the original form of doppelgangers there's very little knowledge because once it picks a target, it mimics to look almost exactly like them. Many see them as a type of ghost. Um, others think they're a creature of flesh and blood. But the one thing that distinguishes them from normal people is that they cast no shadow and have no reflection. Oh, I was going to say, like, is um, there, I was going to say, is there any, like, you know, like, if you 
look at pictures and like one is like super clean cut but one of them has like an eye that's like slightly askew or like you know like if there's any like changes in the physical appearance because you said they're almost identical yes almost identical like if, if you see one it's almost like another cryptid that i love very much called the not deer where some yes Yes, the not. I love the idea. We'll get into it another time. But uh, it's like something's off. Either mm-hmm. you feel like something's off, or something physically looks off. Where you're like, this is not this person. So, um, from doing all this research, I've in going through the stories, I've also found something interesting. In the majority of the stories, or at least all the ones I have read through, it never talks back. When people talk to it, it never responds back. So I want, I'm wondering if that's also a, a giveaway for it not being right. Oh. Because there are many cryptids that can mimic a voice, but that's all they can do is mimic the voice. They can't look like a person, you know? Oh. Like, they can't mimicry, essentially. Yeah. They can, they, like, so maybe they have to give one up to do the other, like... Uh, certain cryptics can be like sound just like you and talk from a different room so they lure you in but this one looks like the person so like you're seeing the person so why would they have to mimic a voice when you're like this is a person you know oh i lost my voice cough cough let me write my note <laughs> down there are even uh allegedly historical figures that have seen their own doppelganger before uh they died so there's catherine the great Queen Elizabeth I, Abraham Lincoln, and even writings from Edgar Allan Poe said that he's seen his own doppelganger at times. Elizabeth I saw her own as her own corpse lying in her chambers. That's terrifying. That is terrifying, right? And then shortly after that, uh, she died. Catherine the Great saw her own copy sitting upon her throne, and she ordered her guards to fire at it. But the bullets had no effect, uh, and it disappeared without further trace not long after that she suffered a stroke became comatose and passed away uh in the next following days abraham lincoln um seen a pale sickly reflection of himself in a mirror multiple times his wife even seen it once allegedly and she took it as a sign that he would be elected for a second term but not live through to see the end of it three months into his second term he was shot and killed by john uh, Booth. Oh, mm. that's weird. Spoopy, right? Right? Ooh. I don't know about you, but if I see my own self, uh, I'm out. Me in the I'm out. I'm sorry. It, yeah, it didn't match my reflection. Like if I moved to the left, it just stayed there and stared at me. Mm-mm. 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 <laughs> Um, so that's all the information I could really dig up on the doppelganger itself. I do have a collection of stories that I found of people experiencing not their own doppelganger, but the doppelganger of someone close to them. Hmm. I truly, how would you feel if you saw yourself? Like if you were just walking down the street? Oh, I would, I would be terrified. I do. (laughs) Now that I'm thinking, okay, so I do have a story of this, right? I didn't see it, but my grandparents um, said that they saw me walking down the street, 
and they're like they were like calling my mom and my dad and they're like oh my god where's where's Skloon at this hour and I was at school but they like 100% swore they saw me walking down the street I've always had people be like wow you look so familiar yeah that too yeah yeah they're like oh I, I weren't you just here didn't you do this and I'm like no like I've never met you in my entire life and they're like oh well I swore I would have seen you here or did this and I'm like no so the fact that your your family quote saw you walking down the sidewalk is just we all have doppelgangers we all have doppelgangers yes well isn't and I don't know if you had found anything about this but like I remember when I took biology like forever ago where my 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 high school teacher and college teachers were kind of just kooky uh but essentially they had the same philosophy that the world and the genetics there's only so many different variations there's a lot but there's only so many and even though we may have different parents in different like heritages um you can eventually find people or have people who look just like you from like across the world yeah Mm -hmm. aren't there like find my match sites too like find my find my twin match sites where i think so you you put a picture of yourself yeah yeah i just uh, mm, mm -mm. i always thought that was so interesting it's it's very interesting to think about because for someone to like they could have your features and stuff like that but like there are some people that look just like you down to like your physique and stuff you know Mm -hmm. so in order to replicate that not only would they have to have the same appearance makeup they would also have to have somewhat the same environment Mm -hmm. and that's why it's just so interesting that there's always it just seems like everyone has a twin of some yes. of some way or another. And even even uh, identical twins, you know, technically they are each yeah. other's doppelganger. But just because they're identical twins doesn't necessarily mean that they'll grow up to be identical. Because it's all about, you know, your health and everything, how you take care of yourself. So Yeah, your lifestyle, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a twin, but... If you weren't born a twin, run away. <laughs> yes, don't <laughs> don't go after your twin. <laughs> Leave it be. Just just look the other way and quickly quickly yeah. speed walk as fast as your little legs can shimmy. Oh. Yes, that's spooky. That's that's a spooky sentence. Don't don't look at it. Just walk away. Just just walk. Away. Oh my god. I don't know what I would do. I feel like I feel like I would genuinely just be like, it wouldn't register. Yeah. You know, like, you have in your mind what you look like, but with you know, people with self-esteem issues or body dysmorphia and things like that, the way you look is not always the way you actually see yourself. So yeah. I feel like if I saw, quote, myself, it wouldn't register in my brain that it was me. That's also the thing, too. You know, like, your your brain makes you see a certain way. So everyone sees mm-hmm. things differently. Also, uh, 
the majority of the time we see ourselves in mirrors, which is a um, backwards reflection. Mm-hmm. So seeing ourselves, I feel like would would your brain, yeah, your brain would not compute that. No, I think the brain also like cancels out a lot of things that you don't like. You don't intentionally want to see anyway. Yes, like, I think that's kind It'll of the block it. Yeah. Right, like your nose. You can't actually see your nose. Right. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) I love how... Did you just try to look at your nose? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I love that. But that's that's what it is. And um, that's the... I can't find the milk in the fridge kind of thing. Where... Yeah, like, Mom, I can't find the milk. I can't find the milk. And did you look in the fridge and the door? I did. And, like, they can't see it. And Mom opens the door and it's right there. Like, our brain just cuts it out. So. Mm-hmm. so That's even with, like, things you put down on a table. You're, you're 100% positive you left this right here. And then it's just not there. And then, like, oh. maybe a few days later you'll find it there again. Well, that's just ADHD and memory loss. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it something? Or is it it a mysterious doppelganger keys that just disappear? Uh, I know there's a thing with like brains and like how they work and like with words. So again, with not wanting to see or not computing everything, have you seen the text test um where it's like a story and the word itself um so say balloon it starts with the letter b and ends with a letter n but all the letters in the middle are scrambled together (gasps) yeah and your brain still reads it as balloon yeah, I've seen ones where there's a sentence and words are missing, but your brain will fill in the words. So mm-hmm. it makes it a complete sentence. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, yeah. I feel like even if I stumbled literally upon my doppelganger and like I looked, I just feel like my brain would just either shut down completely or it just would be so dumb it would not recognize that I am recognizing myself. Yes, it would not compute uh, no. error. And then I'd be dead because, you know, you have to, you, you die according, yeah. according to the stories. You- <laughs> well, what if that is the thing, right? You, you, you see yourself and your brain can't compute so much that it shuts down. Oh my God. I didn't even think of that. Like, it's like, this is not meant to be. Must destroy, alt, delete right now. I, I have seen through the matrix. Yeah. And then your brain goes back to whatever hookup cell tendril thing that we're a part of. This is all a simulation. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we- even um, even Queen or Catherine the Great, when she went into a coma, maybe that was just her brain not computing. Like it was rebooting itself and it just it yeah. just was on a loadout. Yeah, it just couldn't do it. It was stuck on the blue screen. I think you've cracked the doppelganger story wide open. It's it doesn't it doesn't kill you, but it helps cat uh 
catalyst your brain killing you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Case closed. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter (laughs) complete. Chapter complete. So, full transparency, uh, Skloon and I have watched this uh, documentary for lack of I can't really call it a movie. It's, it's I believe it's a documentary. Um, yeah. This was actually one of the first things that we did watch together. Um, yeah. Have you, and you you never heard of this one either, correct? Before we watched it? No, I, I have not um, heard of it. I will say I also hadn't heard of the actual case itself until I had seen the documentary. Um, I saw it when it first came out in 2017 on Netflix but we are going to do a small, you know, small partial review. But I will be telling the story today of the kidnapping of Jan Broberg uh, from the documentary uh, Abducted in Plain Sight, directed by Sky Borgman. You know, there's a lot of details. There's a lot of the parts of the story. I went through the documentary itself again. Um, I found a lot of articles. So I got a lot of my information from there. This is relatively a summary of the documentary, but there's also extra details, a little bit more about uh, the offender that we didn't know about. So I, real quick, I got my sources for everything from, again, the documentary, um, a little bit from uh, Mary Ann Broberg's book, Stolen Innocence, the Jan Broberg story, uh, Wikipedia, of course, Ranker, a timeline of the entire abducted in plain light site, plain sight case by Jody Smith. Uh, E.T. Online, Jan Broberg reveals what you didn't see in the documentary, an exclusive interview with them. Vanity Fair, even more shocking details about Jan Broberg's kidnapping uh, by Julie Miller and a little bit from Reddit. And I'll tell you the part that I found from Reddit, which it was very surprising. So this uh, starts off with a young girl on October 17th, 1974. She awakes in a motorhome bed, drugged, definitely confused and unsure of her surroundings. To her side, she hears a recorded message from a couple of aliens named Zeta and Zethra, which dropped the bomb that this young girl was half alien and she was needing to save the world and bear a baby with a man the aliens had chosen for her all before her 16th birthday. If not, her younger sister Susan would be forced to carry on this mission and the rest of her family would eventually be harmed. The girl would walk out into the small living space and on the couch is a man seemingly asleep named Robert B. Birchtold. And this is the story of how he kidnapped Jan Broberg, not once, but twice under her parents' noses. Which is crazy. The fact that it's not just once. And I understand, like, how, and we'll get into it, how the first time happened. Right, right, right. But the second time and just everything. Yeah. Oh. And could you... Just just based off of that alone, could you just imagine being 10 years old and waking up to crazy recording sounds back back in the 70s where this isn't like a regular thing 
and you're being told that you're special but you're so special that you have to have a baby that you don't even know like you don't know how that's done with a grown man yeah it's 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 crazy uh i would be terrified if yeah. i a little, little baby scloon me woke up to that <laughs> little baby little baby scloon little oh, baby scloon sleep in the bed waking up the aliens Mm-mm. aliens i mean aliens themselves are just gonna be scary but then to find out that you're oh, half alien yeah. would be like <laughs> half like oh sweet and half like oh no yeah such uh, a such a heavy burden for mm-hmm. a child you know for for just anyone for anyone um, yeah Jan Broberg was born on July 31st 1962 uh, in Pocatello in Idaho her parents Bob and Mary Ann Broberg were members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints he worked as a florist and she worked as a housewife Jan was the oldest of three. Uh, Her younger sisters were Karen and Susan Broberg. Jan, in the fall of 1972, being 10 years old and a bright, cheery girl, uh, she was super active in her community. She would perform or sing, and people were instantly drawn to her. Um, During the documentary, they showed lots of pictures of her. She was a um, super cute little... uh, She had, like, the, the classic 1970s, like half bowl cut half like curly hair the short hairdo she was very smiley she was just very engaged with everyone as members of the congregation mary and her mom would work at the church frequently um, she actually ended up seeing the birch toll family who was robert also known as b uh, wife gail and their five children who were all around jan and her siblings age the families had gotten really close. They would have sleepovers, family gatherings, uh, just the typical church family, family, best friend type of things. Um, they actually became so close that B, and he was referred to as B, so I will also refer to him as B unless that gets a little confusing. Um, but essentially B became a second father figure to the Roberg children that... Uh, he was actually allowed unsupervised time with the kids, including his favorite, Jan Broberg. Now, Robert B. Birchtold, he was born on February 7th, 1937 in Tremonton, Utah. His parents, Leonard and Lucille Birchtold. Uh, Leonard passed away when B. was only three, um, and his mother, Lucille, remarried in 1939. Uh, B had graduated from Box Elder High School, serving in the Latter-day Saints mission in Swiss, Austria. Uh, And after several other colleges and serving in the army, he eventually married Gail and had their five children. Uh, Not much is known about him altogether, except what friends and family know of his career, home life, saying that he did have a beautiful singing voice, which I thought was an interesting tidbit, um, and what came during and after the documentary. So... How this whole thing started, how we get to aliens. Um, B started his manipulation with the parents, having asked Marianne to bring him lunch while he was at work. So the the casual, hey, you know, Gail's busy. You know, do you mind bringing me a, you know, a tuna sandwich? You know, that's yeah. what I'm assuming is just asking for a tuna sandwich. After a few times, B would begin laying out the roads for seduction, 
And after a Latter-day Saints outing together, you know, church, church outings, uh, they did stop on the road and had sex. During the same time frame, B and Bob, Jan's father, would also get closer. And during one of their road trips, B had actually pulled off to the side of the road to complain about the frustration in his marriage, how they were no longer intimate, basically just kind of man talk. You know, we don't, you know, we don't, we're not intimate. We're not pleasing each other. She doesn't please me. You know, our marriage is strained. Um, and he eventually did ask Jan's father to sexually please him. First, Bob was a little reluctant, but deciding that it was just between friends, it was just a one-time thing, uh, and not really realizing any manipulation or not even think there was any ill will, uh, Bob did perform sexual favors. Uh, these mm. events then laid out the groundwork for the years of abuse and trauma to follow. Now, mind you, they are all members of the same church. And, you know, I am not religious by any means. I I believe, I think it went without saying, the only time that we would ever talk about religion is if it does involve a story. But most religious beliefs are very, uh, like, they don't deal with affairs. They... Yeah. <laughs> So the fact that this... look down on them, yeah. Exactly. And the fact that these both happened to the same couple, I'm just like, did... What? (laughs) Like, this is what I'm talking about when we say when we watch these movies or these documentaries and things happen and it's just kind of like, how was someone so easily... I mean, it... Master manipulator. Never a victim. Never a victim blaming. It's just... You know, not uh, we don't know what we would do in this situation. I don't know anything of that nature. It's just one of those things of like how difficult must it have been, but also how strong of a manipulator he was. That's just a right. lot of just a lot. Um, he just got that high charisma role. Oh my god, not twenty, not twenty, oh both times. <laughs> During January 1974, B was revealed to have been in some sort of relationship with a young girl. Um, There wasn't any specific details about this relationship, but it was enough for the Church of Latter-day Saints to turn B away from the congregation, and he eventually did go to the Brobergs for help. He managed to convince Jan's parents that his therapist, who was not named, provided him tapes to listen to for therapy purposes and instructed him to sleep next to their daughter, Jan, who at this time was 12. At first, the family, the parents were really hesitant, not really wanting to do this because they did hear the recent events. However, due to the fact that both parents were now having secret affairs or had um, sexual encounters with B. And their religious beliefs concerning extramarital affairs, they were super hesitant to deny their requests. This particular bedtime routine continued four times a week for a total of six months. That's a long time. Well, here's even the thing, right? Mm -hmm. You hear about why he got kicked out of the church. And I understand that they both, you know, fooled around with them and they're scared of that. But to agree to your children being cures quote unquote like sleeping next to him and stuff like that it just doesn't Mm -hmm. sit it doesn't sit right 
And it's also, like, I understand that if, because, you know, they had the tapes from the therapist. So I'm assuming, like, he may have just shown him the tapes from the therapist and, like, nope, these are real. Like, you know, this is what he's telling me to do that I need to, you know, lay with her. And maybe the tapes were saying, like, you do not have sexual feelings for this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that brainwashing technique. But. That's, yeah, that's true. But, you know, for me, I'm also thinking to myself, what would I care more about? My dirty laundry or. Right. But also, again, I'm not religious, so I don't have that, like that extra added pressure. So like, I'm, I'm assuming that they were just dealing with so many things. They were being so pressured, like, you know, someone who generally, as far as they were concerned, had never touched or abused any of their children in any way and like he if your daughter who you hope is telling you the truth all the time has been like no like he's never harmed me he's never done anything to me you would hope that it was the truth you know right 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 yeah yeah we we don't know what type of pressure they're under all the things that are coming at them at once you know people make mistakes Everyone makes mistakes. We're never perfect. And, you know, yeah. it's the uh, the elder child syndrome <laughs> where you kind of, you do the most mistakes with your eldest child. So <laughs> also might be a thing there. On October 17th, uh, 1974, uh, this is when B called Marianne with a request to take Jan horseback riding after her music lessons from school. Being cautious, Marianne did agree, but with the belief and promise that B would return Jan after a few hours. Uh, it was then that during the car ride, B gave Jan a substance that did make her unconscious. He drove her to a premeditated spot to fake a kidnapping of the two of them. He then carried Jan to the motorhome in the distance where he continued their journey. This is when we do cut back to Jan waking being threatened by Zeta and Zethra, and finding B seemingly unconscious on the couch, being the man that she is to have a baby with. This is now the start of the known sexual assault against Jan. I don't go into detail about the things that he did with her. Um, that is in the documentary itself. Um, she does describe the encounters, um, but regardless of the fact that it was, it was rape. And she was only 12. At this time, you know, Jan's parents, not fully believing that she had been kidnapped, had attempted to call the police um, to see if there was a reported car accident. So this is some of the things that I did find out that were not actually in the documentary. Um, Mm -hmm. So in the documentary, uh, we see Marianne, Jan's mother, um, waiting and waiting and I believe it was about a day or so that she does eventually call the FBI. But it's the weekend, so the person tells her that they're closed. So she doesn't make another phone call for five days. She then eventually gets a hold of the FBI, tells them that she's um, reporting her her daughter kidnapped. Um, but actually, her dad call- was the one that actually called the night of. Both of them were still under the impression that 
there wasn't actually a kidnapping because according to Jan in one of her interviews, quote, you're still looking at this person as someone who would never hurt your child, end quote. So, so they were thinking a car accident, you know, something had happened, um, not fully making that connection. Like we were talking about earlier, your brain doesn't want to make those connections sometimes that the worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to think of the worst that could happen. While Jane was with B, he provided her research about reproduction and sex um, and continued brainwashing techniques with the alien recordings and eventually took her to Mazlatan, uh, Mexico, to marry her due to the age of consent being 12 there. Around November 20th, 1974, B asked his brother Joe to ask Jan's parents that he would bring Jan back if he was allowed to marry her in the United States. Obviously, he could not properly marry her uh, without their consent since she was 12. Uh, The parents disagreed, and the FBI had eventually tapped into Joe's phone, uh, where they located the pair uh, and sent the local law enforcement to pick them up to be extradited. The thing, though is that the local law enforcement did allow B to talk to Jan after being picked up. Um, She was being held in the same facility as him. And he reminded her to keep their mission a secret and to only tell her family certain things regarding their trip. According to Jan, in a later interview, she claims B actually told her mother that the only reason why he married her in Mexico is because They had wanted to come back home, but the authorities wouldn't allow them to cross the border unless they were married. He claimed that if she wasn't married to him, he would have been separated from her and taken away. And who knows who she would have ended up with. He claimed continuously that he did not actually want to marry Jan, but was actually in love with her mother, convincing her she was the reason behind everything happening. He is quoted as saying, quote, you wouldn't come with me, Marianne. You're the one I'm in love with, the one I want to be with. I did something wrong and I kind of had a mental breakdown. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said there's just so many little things where it, it just, you don't realize the full manipulation. And of course, at this time, like, yeah. Marianne had already you know, she's had, you know, her own few encounters with him. Um, you know, who knows if maybe when convincing convincing her to let him take Jan horseback riding, maybe he tried convincing her to go with them, knowing that she probably would have said no, you know. And there's just so many, so many things. Yeah, oh. it so, makes him so scary, right? Because he wasn't just manipulating one person. He was manipulating... Everybody around. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. So it's layers. So like, what is the truth? And then it makes you think, when did he start planning this? Yeah. Because like, this had to be a lot of thought. This isn't like a, oh, I'm not just, this is who what I really want. Let me figure out how to get there. It was, it's very um, laid out. It's very meticulous how he continuously does things to the point where Jan 
uh, continued believing that she was half alien, said that she needed to get with B in order to complete the mission or her family would be harmed and her sister would replace her. Uh, on December 25th, 1974, Christmas Eve, while B was awaiting trial, his wife Gail blackmailed Bob with the single sexual encounter that he had with B, as well as the affair, um, the small affair Marianne had. She required them to sign an affidavit stating that Jen was originally allowed to go with B, and the trip itself was a misunderstanding. And they would drop all charges against him. In the fear of their community, their secrets being uncovered, Jan's parents did sign the affidavit and drop the charges. The thing that was not released in the documentary is that according to Jan, uh, in her exclusive interview, her parents actually retracted the affidavit four days later, and they actually never forgave B for that, quote, misunderstanding. Even though they actually never forgave B and they retracted the affidavit, Marianne would continue her affair with him throughout 1975. Truly, this was because B wanted to continue having control over the Brobergs, also while separating their united front. During the time, Gail did file for divorce against B and she did move out with her three children. However, Uh, You don't hear anything about Gail or from Gail as she actually never responded to the producer's requests regarding the documentary. Following her example, uh, Bob Broberg actually filed for divorce in March of 1976 to protect himself and his family after B had informed Bob of the affair with Marianne. Uh, Marianne did end her affair officially. And was able to reconcile with Bob, continuing marriage until Bob's unfortunate passing in 2018. During this time, however, both parents still did not restrict access to Jan from B. Even after she started saying that she wanted to marry him. They did not restrict her from seeing him after B bought a family fun center in Jackson Hole, Wyoming in 1976. Jan begged for her to work for him. She begged her parents and pleaded her. Uh, During this time, unknown to her family, Jan and B were writing love letters and had phone calls throughout throughout the time that he was like moving to Wyoming. He was getting everything set up. Her mom reluctantly agreed to Jan working for B, put her on a plane, and Jan ended up spending two weeks between June and July of 76 alone with B in his trailer home. Jan returned home, only to disappear in August the same year, saying that she had run away of her own volition. The note her parents found stated, quote, You won't let me do what's right, so I'll do what's wrong. I'm leaving without B and do not plan on coming back until you accept me as me. I cannot accept your religion or your screwed up morals. I just want to be me and have be. Please, before all of us are destroyed, let me go. End quote. My first thought is, like, I understand, like, children ran away. I thought about running away a couple of times. It's kind of like that, like, the thing that you go through when you're a teenager almost, or, like, you're five and you're like, I'm going to run away because I can't have ice cream for breakfast. Yeah. 
I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Bye, bitches. <laughs> but it's just, there's, I would hope that her parents, as soon as they read the whole please before all of us are destroyed. Like, right? What? Someone. Like, what do you mean we're all destroyed, honey? What's going on? Yeah. Like, what so, does that mean? You mm-hmm. know? And just the fact that she was like, I'm leaving without B, uh, but I want B. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. <laughs> honey. Kind of contradicting wh- yourself there. Who, who, what's, uh, what's going on? Who do you, who are you talking about? Who are you seeing? Yeah. Oh. I just, it's also kind of like the, the Disney princess. Like, Daddy, I love him. No. <laughs> you just met him. You met, you're only 14. It's okay, honey. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you just, you're manipulated. Okay. You, you don't, you don't, you don't. You the sea witch will help you. <laughs> the sea witch. Yeah. Give her your voice. <laughs> um, She'll give you legs. <laughs> legs for you to run away so fast yes. run so far oh my god uh this time uh surprisingly her parents waited two whole weeks before contacting the police about her disappearance as they were scared what the public would think about their daughter missing yet again mm. i will say that from hearing other podcasts, from listening about horrible stories about children who are missing and kidnapped, like there have been times where the parents from, I think it's like basically the 60s up until like early 2000s, like the parents, the very first thing that they see and they're like, no, my kid was kidnapped, like something's wrong. Like my kid was walking home from school and the police are like, oh, they ran away. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I understand the two weeks a little bit just because, like, that's all you hear about, about, like, children and teenagers who go missing, but then are ended up horribly found. But their reasoning is just because they were scared about what the public would think is just baffling. That that should have been the name of our podcast, Baffled, because I'm just... Baffled. I'm baffled. I, what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. Like, what? What? What's more important? <laughs> the public's eye of you or your right. child? Your church didn't kick you out for her missing the first time, so I think you're okay for the second time. Let's just be real right now. Yeah. When B was questioned regarding Jan's disappearance, he continued to deny any involvement and that he really didn't know where she was. He would state that she would call him from time to time, telling him how she was, quote, earning her money um, and him trying to convince her to have him send her home. There would be on the phone uh, during the documentary because the police did end up, well, the FBI uh, did end up tapping into Marianne's phone line um, so you could hear some recordings. But he's like, I don't know if you remember, but he's, like, crying about how, like, he's scared that she's alone and she doesn't have any money and what is she doing and she's doing what she has to and, like, he's just crying. And Marianne's like, if you know where she is and I find out about it, I'll kill you. Yeah. 
<laughs> and he's like, I, I don't. I, I promise. And I'm like, I, the family has every right to suspect you because her runaway note says that she wants you. So yeah. my assumption would be to follow him because she wants to be with him. Yeah. So here's a thought I just had, right? Mm. Um, Give me thoughts. Him, so, mm-hmm. him putting on this act of crying and stuff like that and being like, oh, she has to do what she has to, namely uh, trying to make money by selling herself, I take it. Mm-hmm. What if that was a tr- like a layer to try to cover up stuff? Like, oh. Her stuff. Like, if they, if she was ever found and, like, taken home and they, like, did, um, what are they called? Like rape kits? Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, oh, you raped. And, like, she could very easily be like, oh, I wasn't raped. I was selling myself for money because I'm 14 yeah. and I'm living on the streets. I didn't even think of that. Like, it's just, he just keeps adding layers to Things try to, to cover stuff. Cover his tracks. Yeah. I would hope that at this point they would have also had DNA, though. Right. Right? Didn't DNA come out in the 70s? I'm sure it did. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's something. But at least at least something where they can easily be like, this is you. <laughs> this is your gunk. You know, like, I just... That I never thought of that. Yeah, another another layer to kind of protect himself essentially so he can keep doing it as long as possible yep see the whole this is meticulous this is thought out this is planned he mm. he mm, mm-hmm. um it's evil evil yeah uh this ended up being a lie uh as b snuck in jan's room the night she ran away on august 10th um and he took her to Pasadena, California, where he enrolled her in an all-girls private Catholic school as his daughter. Uh, he informed the school that he was a CIA agent with enemies trying to locate him and his daughter. He actually had them both have different last names. Um, she was enrolled. He told them, essentially, like, if anyone comes looking for her or I, like, deny. Uh, and, of course... They're a Catholic school. They're nuns and, you know, those who believe in truth and honesty. So they're not going to think that this man is kidnapping, like, a young girl and, like, keeping her in his house for something other than a father-daughter get-together for dinner. Right. Now, this was in August when he first kidnapped her the second time. During, actually, September... 1976, B was in jail for 10 days related to the plea deal he accepted regarding Jan's first kidnapping two years prior. He was originally sentenced for five years, but the judge shortened it to 45 days, resulting in the final 10 days. And this bothers me so much. Yeah. After his release, B did move to Salt Lake City, which... Uh, is how he continued the ruse of Jan being his daughter and visited her in California. All of the calls between Marianne and B, like I stated earlier, were tapped by the FBI. They ended up surveilling his motor home in Utah, where they found 
posters and pictures littering the inside, and they were all of jam. They didn't describe what type of pictures and posters, but we can we can assume they were of both varieties of family friendly and not so family friendly. Yes. One big creepy shrine. Yeah. On November 11th, uh, the FBI had traced B's movements to a payphone where they actually located the handwritten phone number of the school Jan was going to. They did track her down, and Jan was released to her parents uh, on November 12th, and B was officially arrested. Jan's father, being the florist and the owner of a flower shop, was targeted while B was awaiting trial for the second abduction. His business was burned down in the early morning of January 24th, 1977, by allegedly two of B's fellow inmates who were promised $1,000 a month for life each. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I'm sure, what is it, you think 19, you think 1977, like $1,000 was easily a month's rent? Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm sure, I mean, rent now is atrocious, but oh, yeah. I'm assuming, depending on how you're doing it, it was something around the 50, uh, like 500 range. Uh, this was the start in Jan's mind of the harm against her family for the current feeling of her mission. B ends up being acquitted of all charges, pretty much yet again due to the plea of insanity and was sent to the maximum security mental facility for six months. The men who did commit the crimes pled guilty. However, nothing is official regarding their actual sentencing. After B was released, uh, he actually didn't have much, if any, contact with the Brobergs. Uh, Jan did continue to believe that she was half alien and she was meant to continue the mission, um, but again, could not get in contact with B. Jan had traveled to a summer camp towards the beginning of July 1978, and a boy had brought her ice cream, uh, which Jan believed she was going to get reprimanded for by the aliens, because one of the terms that she had was that she couldn't, she couldn't be with other men. She had to be with B no matter what. Uh, she yeah. felt that this was uh, reaffirmed when she spoke with her mom later that night and Marianne told her about the dogs, the family dogs that were really sick. Um, Jan had then decided she was going to talk to her sister Susan and after talking to her sister Susan, telling her about the mission, she was going to kill herself and her other younger sister Karen. However, when Jan woke up on her birthday, her 16th birthday on July 31st, she found out the dogs were feeling better. Her family was still doing great. And that was when Jan finally realized everything had been a lie. And she eventually told her family everything. The abuse, though, did continue in different manners. Um, Jan did become successful. Um, she became a spokeswoman and a very successful actress. While her mother became the author, as we know about the book. Uh, mm -hmm. While well, during a book tour of her mom's uh, book, The Stolen Innocence of Jambo the Jambo Berg story, uh, B had threatened the family and went to the public. Uh, he went to the press claiming it was all a lie. 
He would hand out flyers outside of each tour's locations, stating that they were all lies uh, and that the publication's content was just false and essentially just like, you know, they're all lies. You shouldn't be buying this book. How dare they? Um, While Jan was speaking at a Utah woman's college on March 6th, 2004, B showed up with more flyers and a weapon. Nothing ever stated what weapon he brought, so I'm not sure if it was like a gun or anything of that nature, but it it did make it clear that he was armed and dangerous. He actually did not make it right. Mentally insane person per all the acquittals that he had. And he's allowed some sort of weapon. I just... mm. Uh, He did not make it in, however, as he was stopped by the Bikers Against Child Abuse um, team members. He threatened this member before running back to his van, running over another Bikers Against Child Abuse member, and he was later arrested at a fast food restaurant because there were multiple witnesses at the scene and they all wrote down his license plate number. Yeah. Even though all this happened and he clearly showed he was a danger a danger to society and others, he was released on bail. Do I just mm. <laughs> just for, mm. for why? <laughs> for why? It didn't say how much the bail was, but I mean, if he was willing to give two people $1,000 each a month for the rest of their lives, allegedly. Must have had some pretty money, let's just say. Yeah. Uh, due to this incident, Jan uh, did file a restraining order, uh, which be contested. I don't know if you know this, but if you contest a restraining order, you do both have to go to court. And on March 25th, 2004... They saw each other for the first time in years, and the judge granted Jan a restraining order for the remaining of B's natural life. B was later sent to trial for the March incident, and he was found guilty of, I believe it was aggravated assault and additional crimes. He confessed to his brother, Joe, that just a day in jail would destroy him. And on 11-11-2005... Robert Birchtold ended his life before he could be given his sentence. Jan and her family have continued recovering. Uh, again, her father had passed in 2018. She continues to share their stories, and she has continued her career as an actress, even through today. Um, I saw that she just had a movie release in 2020, so she is still very active in the acting scene. There was a part of her interview where she actually stated that she, you know, had repressed all these emotions. Essentially, she she felt like she couldn't express them in a way, but acting was very therapeutic for her because she could cry, get mad, get angry, be happy, and she could live out those emotions to her fullest. And that is the kidnapping of Jan Broberg and a basic summary of Abducted in Plain Sight, the 2017 Netflix documentary. Wild. A wild ride. Even though I've watched the documentary a couple times, it, like, still doing the research, I was still blown away because there's certain little details that you kind of, like, 
either you forget about or you gloss over. And I, it just, it just blows my mind about the little extra things. The fact that, um, like I didn't remember the whole, uh, him sleeping in her bed with her for six months because a therapist quote unquote told him to do that. So like, I completely forgot about that all. And the part about Reddit um, that I found uh, was uh, his obituary. They, (laughs) I didn't write down everything, but that is where I found most of his information was out of the obituary. But the obituary itself is baffling. It, mm, it basically said that he was a welcome member of the community of his church, that he was just a loving and caring person, and, you know, that his life ended abruptly on November 11th, 2000. And I was just reading it, and I was just like, whoever wrote this obituary just talked out of their ass. Like, I'm not saying that his, like, army or his military... Uh, things weren't accurate. I'm not saying anything like that, but the fact that they were just like, he was welcomed into the community and just an outstanding member of society and he moved from place to place and he is fine. And I'm like, no, <laughs> clearly there were multiple, like I'm assuming there would be multiple girls because I don't think that he would have just ended after Jan. Like clearly he would have been like, oh, Jan didn't work. Time to move on to the next one. So I'm sure that there's something else, someone else, hopefully not. But just the fact that there was at least two young girls who had their lives ruined because of this monster baffles me that they wouldn't just kind of tone down the uh, praising of someone. I, I get that it's an obituary, but damn. So. Yeah. It was a, uh, that was a wild ride. And, of course, the, the people on Reddit, they're, they're it's Reddit, so they weren't like, oh, this is great. They literally all were like, this piece of shit. <laughs> this is <awful."> Right. <laughs> <laughs> they were dry. And I was like, oh, Reddit, you never, you never get old. Yeah. Uh, do you remember, like, what you were feeling during the, the documentary when we were watching it? I was just, I was so, I was just so baffled on how, mm-hmm. on how it went on that long, even with like all the red flags and stuff. And again, like, as we said earlier, we never, we never want to victim blame. You know, we all have our own stories. No, no, no. Of it's course always, not, yeah. it's always just confusing because, you know, I've never been kidnapped and Sklu and I hope right. you've never been kidnapped. Um, no. <laughs> but I mean, I remember. Only on video games. Only on video games. Only on the uh, the BuzzFeed questionnaire where they're like, the last TV show uh, that cast is saving you from being kidnapped. Like, that's the only time that I, you know. But yeah. I mean, I remember being 10, 11, 12 and like being told something and rem- like believing it. Like the silliest, right. the silliest things. I mean, we all believed in Santa. Like hey, I the s- believed if you ate an apple seed, an apple tree would grow from your stomach. Same thing with watermelon seeds. Yeah, watermelon seeds. I I remember that so much. I remember like 
for the longest time like you couldn't play in dirt because like the bugs would like crawl into your like ears and things like that like just the littlest oh, oh no my sister liked to roll around in the dirt so <laughs> she literally just side note she literally would put like roly polies and earthworms in her pockets oh. when she was a child and my mom would have to wash her clothes and she my mom would like be then the good mom that would like outturn all the pockets to make sure there was nothing in them and my mom oh, would continuously no. put her hands in earthworms <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Oh, I Forbidden spaghetti. Forbidden spaghetti. But that's, oh my God, that was so funny. I completely forgot about that until now. I just, yeah. So just things like that <laughs> where uh, you would you would be told something and it just kind of, it just stuck in your, 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 your cranium. And so I completely understand Jan believing what she believed or how long she believed it you know yeah 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 well like here's the thing too because like we can we could go through the whole story and be like oh that's a red flag why did they do this why did they do that but Mm -hmm. being that close to the situation like you don't pick up stuff no it's it's the same as if like if you see like your brother every day you're not gonna see like him change his hair you're not gonna notice it at first but if somebody saw him once every like three months they're like oh man like you lost weight or you changed your hair but you wouldn't see that because you're seeing them all the time in the situation oh yeah you know and like and like like, there's oh for sure and then there's also definitely like in the documentary joe b's brother he was like oh yeah he was a freak i knew it like (laughs) he points it out about how be liked the little girls and all these things and i was just like if it's it's the same thing where like it are you still in the wrong if you know something and you don't do something right and like you said you don't know the changes that are happening when you're so close to a situation and again you know the whole like people who are in abusive relationships to kind of right like make a, a parallel you know mm-hmm. we can very easily tell you the person in the relationship that you're in an abusive relationship you need to get out red yeah. flags red flags because either we had experienced it and eventually got out or we're like um he should not be controlling what you eat and then telling you that you're fat from what you're eating that's not yeah. someone he she it doesn't matter people can be abusive no matter what it doesn't matter like which sex you are but this family you know i'm sure if they were told by someone else hey b is not a good person robert birch told is not a good person he is a danger to your daughter he's a danger to your family they would have been like oh he's great he brings potato casserole to our barbecues he gives the girls pony dances like he's just so nice yeah they like he acted a certain way towards them, you know? Mm-hmm. So exactly. Like, you act a certain way towards multiple people. Like, you're trying to get somebody, get something from a certain person. You're going to be nice and caring and all the good things. And then people outside the situation will be like, hmm, like, something don't seem right. 
Yeah. And it's your mind, again, with the doppelganger, like it all, like you said, it kind of all ties in together where yeah. <laughs> your your brain wants to believe certain things. Yes. And until you are literally slapped with a giant tuna fish in the face where you get the cold, the texture, the fishy smell, the you slime. know, the slime, you're not going to know. You're not going to know. You're not going to know until you're already slimed. Until you're already slimed. Until you're like, I have a weird craving for sushi. <laughs> <laughs> Tuna sounds nice. I wonder why. Oh, sushi sounds so good. I've been craving sushi. Oh, me too. The last time I had sushi was before the pandemic, yeah. I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had the last time I had really good sushi. This is horribly off topic, but it's fine. The oh, last time, okay. <laughs> the last time I had really good sushi was Christmas, twenty twenty. Oh. Hmm. It was almost going to be like a Christmas slash New Year's like annual thing. Um, but I was moving from my home to uh, where I am now, and uh, I got together with two of my friends and. It was after Christmas, but we all dressed up in our ugly Christmas sweaters anyway. And we went to a really nice sushi restaurant, and we literally ate, like, between the three of us, like $120 of sushi. Very easy to do. Very easy to do. Very easy to do. And I just remember, real quick, I just remember we were sitting there, and we, like, my friend is goth, like black hair. She would have like the giant eyelashes with like the black lips. Her ugly sweater was literally Baphomet wearing a Santa hat. Like she's she's nightmare before Christmas if there ever was an epiphany of one. And <laughs> uh, my other friend was like she's really dainty. She's really really tiny, and she was wearing just a giant um. A giant oversized sweater and then I'm just just me and I'm kind of like the mix in between uh where I'm not fully goth like my one friend but I'm not like super dainty girly like my other and this just weird dude who just can't shut up he just like leaned over and he was like is the sushi warm to you like is the fish warm and we just looked at him and we were like yeah and he goes "Mm, i don't think it's supposed to be it's it's supposed to be cold and we all were like no fresh fish is warm it's room temperature it's sushi what do you mean i was like if you get it cold you either got pre-packaged sushi or it's not fresh like it's not fresh fish and he was like uh i've had proper sushi before and my my friend who's goth um, her name's Nikki. She's super sweet. Uh, she looks at me. She goes, I lived in New York where they have world-class sushi restaurants. This is exactly how it's supposed to be made. Mind your business. And I was Ooh, like, get him. I was like, oh, damn. Mind you, she's tiny. <laughs> like, she's short. And this man was easily <laughs> twice her size. And just the fact that he, like, oh, and, like, turned away from her. It was pretty funny. Yeah. I, uh. You just you just don't know red flags until they're slapped in the face with you. You you don't 
your brain doesn't want to ever think that you're doing something wrong or something wrong is happening. uh, It's hard to see it when you're there living it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that, those are our, those are our stories. Um, now we do, we do want to try, um, since, since today wasn't super heavy, uh, but we know that we would talk about some really, really heavy hitters, um, sooner or later, uh, we do want to take just a page out of most podcasts um, and I think this is just a good thing for anyone to do. I do it on, you know, stream. I know Skloon does it throughout her stream with her little, mm. I love yous, um, which are my favorites, by the way, the other day. I'm so glad you like them. <laughs> the, other, the other day when you were like, you're the evidence to my true crime case, I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I thought it was very fitting. The fact that we have secret jokes right now because – uh, for everyone listening, like, obviously you're hearing it when it all comes out and, like, the secret's out. But right now, it's the beginning of January. No one knows that we're doing this except for, yeah. f- like, three people. Yeah. <laughs> like, our our officially official, non-official producer, um, one of our mutual friends, my, my doppelganger on the West Coast. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and the uh and your your brother so the fact that like yeah. only three people know about it um it's very daunting it's very scary it's uh, scary but it's it's been this has been fun mm-hmm. this has been a lot of fun so what we want to do yeah. is um a segment called a a scloon full of sugar and uh, you you heard it. It's a scloonful, uh, not spoonful. For for those of you who don't know, um, I'm sure as you've gathered throughout uh, this however long of a recording, um, scloon is a sweet, very almost sometimes almost sickly sweet, and she just oozes <laughs> syrupy goodness. Um, but essentially, she's just a doll, and she informed me the other the other day that a scloon, which is her name, uh, <laughs> is a spoon in the shape of a skull. And I was yeah. like, I was, like, and it could be made out of a skull as well. It's just typically like overall the shape of a skull. Yes, very skullish spoon. And I, first of all, I that made my whole day. Because I then spent hours looking up different scloons. Oh my god. <laughs> to come to the realization that I actually have them. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this. They I uh I was bought I was bought black scloons for Christmas a couple of years ago. Um <sighs> They they look like pull it up. Um they they look like a regular spoon, but then at the very end, like where you would put your mouth, it goes and does the little cheekbones and then it's got the eyes cut out. So like it's not practical when you want to scoop out sugar because it goes through the holes. 
but it's so fun because I have a coffee mug that says pick your poison. So I love to like use my scloons to stir in my my honey in my poison cup. That's so cute. Is, we love the aesthetic. We love the aesthetic. The the uh, Halloween all year round. Oh, yes. Uh, but um, a scloon full of sugar is just what we want to do. It's um, hopefully, eventually, my thought is, um, you know, talking about charities or organizations that we want to support. But essentially, it's just something good. Um, either, you know, the new year, since it is the beginning of 2022, um, new beginnings, maybe it's something good that happened to us, um, what we're excited about. So just kind of, like I said, I've, I know a lot of people do this. I know a lot of podcasts, a lot of shows, a lot of content creators. But uh, I'm just going to say our name is the best. Yes. Just, just <laughs> overall. I like it so much. My brother <laughs> likes it so much. A spoonful of sugar makes the monsters go down. Monsters yeah. go down. Yeah. Go down. <laughs> the mm-hmm go down. so so skloon for your namesake Mm -hmm. uh part of the the pod what is your skloon full of sugar (laughs) i uh could be anything anything well (laughs) so much pressure (laughs) so much pressure so so much pressure i'm not sure i'm just the new year started I am looking forward to fun times with the friends I've made. I'm looking forward to making new friends. Your laptop. My laptop. Mm -hmm. My friend just had a baby. They've been trying for years, so that's a good thing. Oh, that's so exciting. Tell them congratulations for me. They will be like, I don't know who this person is, but uh, yeah. (laughs) amazing. They've been trying forever. Uh, My friend had problems with um getting pregnant and they finally ah. got him at the end of the year so it's very oh. nice i love watching it's- those kind of stories where it, it's their journey of like struggling with infertility and in getting pregnant i love stories like that so that yeah. makes my heart so happy they're amazing it was it was the last step before they had to um try other methods and it finally worked out for him. And I'm so excited. And he's so, a sweet bean. And his dad lets him watch my streams. So. Oh, no. That's so <laughs> cute. Tiny baby. Oh. He still tunes in. That's so cute. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I guess oh. that's my good vibes. Good vibes to end the beautiful podcast we have. Yeah. What um, about you, Ash? My, my spoonful of sugar? Yes. Uh, well, I got a new haircut, and... And it looks beautiful, by the way. You. I can tell you that, but oh my god. I love it. Um, I don't know if I ever showed you, like, a before picture, but my my before picture, um, essentially, it has had just pretty much one length of hair, and I have very thin, fine hair, and I just... Mm. I just wanted something fun. I just wanted to feel different and I decided on getting a wolf cut and I am so happy that I did it took forever (laughs) because she wanted to make sure that she didn't leave me bald in some spots 
but I feel like a rock star. Like I was rocking, walking around Walmart earlier today and I just felt good. So I'm very excited about my haircut and all the cool things I'm going to do with it. Um, it looks lovely. You always look lovely. But it looks oh, it looks beautiful. Thank you. You're incredibly lovely. Don't no, don't ever. No, 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 you. New hair who dis. New hair who dis. New hair, new year, new dis. Yeah. <laughs> I am also super excited about the fact that I I posted this on on Twitter the other day. Um, but uh I convinced my mom to get matching tattoos of me during our vacation, and it's my mom's first tattoo. Yeah, let's go. So uh, she was not super excited at first. <laughs> I remember asking her, and I was like, <laughs> I, I literally was in the shower, and it just popped into my brain about like, I should get my mom a tattoo for Christmas. Because um, we we postponed Christmas as a family um, because my parents uh, they they work for a company where uh, they have a lot of Christmas parades and it's mm. kind of important that my mom is there all the time. So <laughs> we we all decided since the family was gonna get together for our vacation that uh, we would uh, we would do it then and. I was like, "Hey, when we go to New Orleans, uh, let's get matching tattoos for your for your Christmas present." And she was like, "Sure, yeah, oh yeah, okay." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And I was like, "All right, are you? You don't have to. You, I can get you something else if you really want it." And she was like, "No, let's do it." She's she's fifty. And uh, gonna get her first tattoo ever. I'm so proud of her. That's the spirit. Yeah, let's go. We're uh, we're currently in the process of figuring out the design because mm. uh, we both wanted something to symbolize New Orleans, but also like mother daughter. So I think we decided on a Celtic knot, and. Ooh. Obviously, by the time this comes out, uh, it'll already been done. Uh, but there's we're we're between two options right now, so I'm very excited to see what she decides. Because I told her I was like, I'm down for anything. I already have twenty plus tattoos. It getting another one's not gonna affect me in terms of like what it really is or isn't. Mm-hmm. But I know I know having a first tattoo like that mindset that it has to be meaningful and the will I regret it if I put it on my body is there. So I'm really excited to to partake in that journey with her. Do you have tattoos? Yeah. I don't. I have plans for tattoos, um, but they haven't come yet. Eventually, one day. Listen, they're addicting. I've heard. <laughs> yeah. I had my first one. When I was 18. And uh, it, it took me a little bit to get my second one. But as soon as I had my second one and I found the artist that I wanted to have, I, I just kind of spiraled. <laughs> so he's, my artist uh, has done pretty much 98% of my tattoos. 
I think he hasn't done three of them uh, out of the the 20 plus that I have. So, oh. yeah. So, I mean, now, now it'll be four. four. Now it'll be four. But yeah, I... Yeah. They're very addicting. Um, it is important. I say, obviously, your your first tattoo, you know, if and when you decide, and this is for anyone. Obviously, tattoos can mean a lot for anyone else, but my my advice is always to make sure that you research the person who will be doing your work. You want to make sure that they're, like, ask for their art, ask for their hand-drawn art, and then ask for any... Um, tattooed art because drawing is different than obviously tattooing on person but their quality their cleanliness their demeanor uh, if you generally like the person you'll generally like their work as well and you always want to find someone who will work with you rather which is going to be weird to say you want someone to work with you rather than let you do what you want and the reason Mm -hmm. why I say that is because you could have a really cool idea and you're like, I want to put it on my calf. Well, there's the artist who will be like, all right, cool. We're going to tattoo there. You want it this size, boom, bam, done. And it looks aight. But then you can have another artist, a better artist who is like, well, if you want to put it on your calf, that's fine. It should be smaller and it should have this type of detailing or shading rather than what you want because it'll look better or instead of your calf let's put it on your arm or your thigh like let's do it this way so you should always find someone who is going to work with you and make sure that you are getting the best placement and the best design yes Mm -hmm. that's my my tidbit (laughs) my tattoo tidbit Um, (laughs) I am also just a quick side note. I got my uh, I got my long haired uh, cat partially shaved yesterday. Oh, he, he looks like had... a lion. Nah. He's orange already and very floofy, um, but he had mats on his belly, and oh. I just couldn't I couldn't brush them out anymore. It was hurting him. It was hurting me. Um, yeah. So I took him to get what she called shelled out, and. <laughs> she she did his belly so it's very like very short like almost to his skin um because they were really close to his to his skin but he looks like he's having a great time but uh it looks like he's not in pain anymore but there's a uh she had to do part of his legs so his back legs near his butt and near his tail are also shaved so he's got like a floofy tail and then when it gets to his butt it's just shaved and then there's floof on the back of his legs <laughs> so it just looks so funny <laughs> he's, it looks like he's got little um little fuzzy socks on but his legs oh are very skinny <laughs> it's just, i love it it's just so good but um the food with the fur Oh my god. Well, thank you so much for for joining us today. Um, If you want to just be a part of our daily lives, um, if you do want to follow us on what we're doing content-wise, we are going to be releasing these weekly. Um, It is going to be just 
maybe two murders, maybe two cryptids, uh, maybe a cult one day. We just we just got a lot of plans. Um, yeah. And you'll see us that week. But if you do want to to take a peek into our daily lives, please follow me on Twitter at the Gord Witch. That's T H E G O U R D W I T C H. Um, I'll be there posting food, cats, creepy things. <laughs> yes. Uh, same with me. I'm also on Twitter under Skloon, S-K-L-0-0-N. And I'll be posting updates as well as Twitch updates and art sometimes. Yeah. Twitch and Twitter. You can find us on both on Twitch and Twitter. We just... We just do a lot of fun stuff. Um, so, until next time. This has been an episode of Murder Horror Monsters. Music produced by Dank with a Stank and Spooky Rose. Research and stories completed by Ash and Sklew. Follow the podcast on Twitter at MHMPod. Join us every Tuesday for new content on Spotify.